Good Friday morning. Welcome into In Focus News Radio KMAN. On this Friday the 13th, we have uh, a good show lined up for you here for this Friday. We're going to talk Ascension via Christie. Uh, what's going on at the hospital here in Manhattan. We'll also, uh, a little bit later on, catch up with Kathy Dawes. Uh, Kathy Scroggs is her real name. You know her better as Kathy Dawes here on the radio, but uh, she'll be talking to us about Hope Ranch and some of their summer activities they've got going on, as well as the Mission Creek Camp, I'm sure. We'll bring that up a little bit. So uh, we're going to start things off, though, this hour with Bob Koppel, who's joining us uh, via Zoom today. Uh, Bob is the... uh, President and CEO of Ascension Via Christi Hospital here in Manhattan. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Brandon. I just have to ask you here, being Friday the 13th, are you a superstitious person? Uh, not so much. This this today, this day is like every other day. Just so. like, it's right. a good day. Well, well said. Uh, and, and it's going to be a nice weather day today, too. It's not going to be too hot. Yes. About yeah. perfect. <laughs> Looking forward to that improvement. Absolutely. Well, it's good to talk to you here. Uh, we've got a lot going on. Uh, here in the month of May, we've been celebrating a lot of different uh, weeks and months here, it seems like, in the month of May, including a lot surrounding health care, uh, including, uh, I know, I think it was last week, it was Nursing Week. Is that right? So Nursing Week actually started last Friday and ended yesterday, the 12th. And then healthcare uh, worker or healthcare week, National Healthcare Week, started Monday and it runs through this coming weekend. And then specific to our organization, we actually have Mission Week, which is another week uh, here yet in May where we celebrate, you know, the reason for our uh, organization, our not-for-profit status, and all the things we do to help the underserved, the vulnerable, uh, and really try to highlight that with our team as well. Cool. Cool. Well, good good to see that they're all getting recognized because we know, as we've we've highlighted here a lot in the last couple of years, just the important work that they do. Oh, certainly. And, it's, and, you know, it's kind of a, especially after the last two years, I think nursing and healthcare week have always been uh, key celebration times for us, but specifically the last uh, two years, and we celebrated during the pandemic too, uh, just we had to do things a little differently at the hospital, of course, and in our clinics, but certainly I think it's just time to just take a pause. Uh, we do a lot of rounding and some activities with our team, some special treats and snacks, and uh, try to make sure that you know, we've actually been very intentional about our day shift, our night shift, our folks who work weekends, really trying to reach out and make sure that we're um, celebrating with everyone and doing something different every day, too. And I think that's uh, makes it a little more fun, but also hopefully engages people more and helps them remember why uh, they got into healthcare in the first place and the good things that they're doing and the impact. I mean, true impact that they can have on people's lives and certainly on our community. Yeah, people get into this field, and I think sometimes it gets kind of forgotten about here from the general public, uh, just why some people are so passionate about their careers. And, and you know, if you can do something you love, that's that's even better. But uh, these folks really they get into it to help people. Yeah, I, I I honestly believe that you you can't be a housekeeper, you can't be a physician, you can't certainly be a nurse, respiratory therapist, imaging tech, lab tech, whatever. If you don't have um, an interest and just a real commitment to caring for other people and in many times putting that other person above yourself. Uh, And I think, you know, we certainly see that we've seen that evidence. We I see that evidence every day 
um, I'm, I'm blessed in that respect to be a leader in a healthcare organization, but you really see the, the steps, the, the, really the, <laughs> how far people will go um, to help somebody. And, you know, we, for the most part, the people that we take care of in healthcare, um, a lot of people are not there voluntarily. They are certainly not there by choice because of an illness or injury. And, and so you don't always see people at their best, but it's also an opportunity to help people be their best and certainly an opportunity for us to be our best and how we interact with them and, and how we do try to reach out and help them through that, you know, down that healthcare journey. Um, so there's lots of, I would say there's actually lots of rewards, um, you know, for all of those uh, who are thinking about healthcare as a career, I would really strongly encourage that, but because there are a lot of rewards and I, I really do think it comes down to you're actually helping people um, and, and making a difference. And that's, I think that's really key. Well, that said here, uh, how are you staffing wise at Ascension Via Christi and, and because I know there's, there's been a shortage of nursing, even that kind of predates the pandemic. Well, workforce uh, is by far the biggest issue for, I think, every healthcare organization. We are not immune to that. It's kind of interesting. I'm actually the last day and a half been at the Chamber's leadership retreat. Workforce, certainly, that's probably permeates every single conversation. So it's not just specific to healthcare. But in our case, uh, I think what we are seeing across the industry um, is basically a shrinking of capacity. And in many communities, that's 10 or 15 or even 20% of, say, capacity that was there in 2019 to what's there today. And it's really due to workforce. And it, it, is, really, it's all, it is all pieces of the spectrum. So in our, in our community specifically, we have three physicians who are retiring this year. And there's not necessarily replacements for them. So you have this, uh, you actually have a physician-specific uh, workforce uh, challenge. When you get to hospitals, you know, we ask people to work uh, 24-7, 365. We're open on holidays. We don't, we're open on weekends. We, we are there every night. And I think that takes a different um, kind of interest and commitment for people who want to do that. But even in the ambulatory areas, you can talk to pretty much every physician practice in town, um, all of the other clinics, and they struggle to also find staff. And, it, you know, <laughs> there's this question, I think all of us are asking the question, where did everybody go? Um, that used to be in our workforce, but it's certainly a challenge. Um, we, I guess on the flip side of that, we've actually seen, I would say in the last 30 or 45 days, we're starting to see an improvement shift. And we're hoping that that can be sustained as we go through um, the summer. And, and it gives everybody time to get people on board, get them trained, um, and be ready for this fall and the winter, because that tends to be our, our heavier volume times. Not always that way, but it kind of generally that generally speaking. So we've seen progress, um, but you know, by far, uh, Brandon, we, workforce is our that's biggest biggest single issue I, that I think that we face. I was talking to somebody the other day about uh, the fact that there's so many baby boomers who are hitting retirement age, and we have this younger generation of of adults coming into the workforce or, or getting more established. Maybe is the better way to put it here, and there's just not as many of them. Is is that kind of a similar trend you're seeing in, in nursing? Well, so we certainly are, are seeing that uh, actually I would say across the board, um, you know, specific again to our organization, uh, let's see in April, we had a retirement for our long-term, Marty Reed, our long-term cardiac rehab leader. 
We, in May and April, we've had two of our long-term operating room staff retire. Uh, we have our pain clinic leader, uh, that nurse is retiring this summer. And so we, and that's kind of natural. I mean, we, we actually tend to have a lot of longer term people. Uh, we're already planning our service award uh, event for this fall. And we've got a number of folks who are going to be getting their 25, 30, 35, or even 40 year pens. And so we, we are also an industry, I think, where people have tended, at least, you know, historically have tended to stay in healthcare. And so you do actually have a population of folks who worked their entire careers. In our case, they worked their entire careers here in Manhattan, Kansas. Um, and so that's, again, I think that's the kind of the positive. That's the, the good piece of that. You know, both the physicians and these nursing folks that are retiring, um, you know what, they, do, they also deserve an opportunity to retire. And they're of an age where that would, I think, make sense. Um, it's just that, yeah, is the workforce that are replenished? Well, we know in the state of Kansas, we have out-migration every year, and that tends to be some of our younger folks. The actual number of high school graduates in the state of Kansas has been decreasing for um, actually a number of years. The enrollment in nursing programs, specifically in the state of Kansas, I think are on a, either a three or a four-year decline. And so you know, you've got a lot of other factors um, just kind of across the state that are impacting who's available to work. The needs there though, um, certainly have opportunities for people and these are good jobs, uh, good benefits, good, good. These are, you know, these are, I think, uh, jobs that people should and, and would want. Yep. Well, and, you know, working at Ascension Fair Christie here, you got some major benefits because uh, for the second year in a row, uh, you guys have received another A rating from, uh, Leapfrog. Uh, tell us a little bit more about this. So Le uh, Leapfrog is actually a national um, ranking, if you will, of all hospitals, uh, general med search hospitals. And so you're basically like a, a letter grade from school. You're an A, B, C, D, or an F. Uh, in the state of Kansas, there's 11 hospitals this time who are being recognized as Leapfrog A, and we are very blessed to be one of those. Um, and this, again, is, uh, follows with our recognition last year. Which is, I mean, it's actually, I, I, my team gets really tired of me telling them this, but I tell my leaders, this is actually a big deal. And why it's a big deal for patients is that the rankings are based on how well you do uh, with specific patient safety and quality indicators. And these kind of fall in some buckets of mortality, which means are people dying that should or should not, depending on their health issues. Uh, readmissions, are you having to come back into a hospital within 30 days of being discharged? Uh, we look at patient experience or patient satisfaction, depending on which kind of term you want to use. And then another key thing is actually infections, because that's what drives a lot of the readmissions or people having uh, issues after their surgery or after whatever health uh, care issue they've got. So there's these all these indicators. The data is actually looked at and you're compared to facilities across the country. And uh, in our specific case, we are the only hospital in our region. The next A hospital is over 80 miles from here. And so we're very, one, very proud of the achievement. Um, it's kind of cool. It came out during uh, nursing, we got announced on Tuesday. So it came out during nursing week and healthcare week, which is just wonderful timing, um, but just a great affirmation of the effort that we've been making because, you know, we were not always at this level and we certainly want to be. And so this is a lot of work from, for a lot of people for the last couple of years. And specifically, I think it's, you know, we did this actually during the pandemic. And I think everybody understands we were under a little bit of duress over the last couple of years. 
And in the middle of all that, um, our team and our physicians, by the way, who play a really big part of this, um, we have really been able to um, demonstrate improvement and make healthcare in our region safer for people. And I think there's nothing, that's, that's a huge thing for me. I think that's just hugely important, but also a great big accomplishment for our team. I'm on their website right now. They, they have the list of all the hospital grades in the state, uh, and they do put out lower grades, I will say. There, there's at least one. Uh, yeah. There's one in the state that has an F. There's, there are some C's and D's, but it's really nice to see that uh, our hospital here in Manhattan's up in the, in the upper tier. Yeah. Well, and we certainly want that for the patients. And, you know, again, that, that's important to our staff. That's certainly important to our physicians in the community. And, you know, our community is a little different. We, we have a lot of independent physicians. These are people who are not employed by a health system. And so a lot of their efforts, one, you know, I think taking good care of patients, but also when it comes to the meetings and the planning and the trying to figure out why, how we make things better, they're volunteering their time to make that happen. And so I think that's uh, just a huge kudos to our staff and the physicians kind of comes on the heels of the OB uh, maternity recognition that we got from uh, U.S. News and World Report for being one of the, the top, you know, maternity hospitals in the entire country. So um, there's a lot of good things happening here. Um, certainly glad to, and proud to be a part of that here in Manhattan. Absolutely. Well, we've reached a time to take our first break in the program, so we'll do that. Step aside. we got more with Bob Koppel in a minute. We're going to talk about a new prostate cancer screening tool that's uh, helping out, a new technology. We'll talk about that in the next segment here on K-Man. And we're back on In Focus News Radio KMAN. Bob Koppel joining us here from Ascension Via Christi Hospital. He's the president and CEO and got lots of uh, good things to report here today, including uh, I'm going to let Bob talk about some cancer screenings. They have a new option for prostate cancer, which has been really getting some good results. And uh, this this is pretty awesome. Let's talk a little bit more about this. Sure. So, and I, and I won't pretend to know the... Um the medical background of any of this, and I can't even pronounce some of the words, but (laughs) there's a real issue for patients who have had prostate cancer in the past of reoccurrence. And we, we, there's always been things that um, can be done from a testing perspective to kind of watch for that, et cetera. And literally just in the last three or four weeks, maybe, maybe five weeks now, but anyway, just in the last month or, or we've now had access to a new product and we're able to do a a specific PET scan um, and it's called PSMA. But what it is, is uh, it's a a new, and this this is the technological advance. Again, that things are kind of always continuing to move forward, but we're able to use a new um, injection when we're doing the PET scan and it picks up extremely tiny uh, new cancer cells in people's prostates. And, and if you've ever seen a PET scan itself, uh, the scan, it's in color, but it lights up when you have positive cancer cells. And so when, and that's actually true for all the, the PET scanning, most, most PET scans, by the way, are actually done related to oncology of some kind, but this new, um, this new, uh, material that we're now, that we now have access to it, uh, we've, uh, I was telling Brandon on the break. It, the results are both amazing and also very sobering. So we have had a, an extremely high positive rate of findings just in the last two to three weeks as we've been introducing this new uh, 
test and have found a number of patients in our community who do have recurrent prostate cancer. And the that's the sobering part of it. The amazing part of it is, is if we hadn't, if we didn't have access to this new material, this would have been missed. And these people might have gone another longer, long period of time before they perhaps had another scan or something else. And by that point, it would have progressed to the point that it would show up with what we've done traditionally. So it's, um, again, it's kind of this mix of great new technology. It's amazing that we have access to it and also very sobering for these patients. Uh, I give specific credit to the urologist in town and uh, Drs. Devine, Evangelides, and Rosso, and then our radiologists who really have worked just hand in hand to bring this forward with our team, our, our staff at our Diagnostic Imaging Center, uh, to, make, uh, to really make this available in our community. To give everybody perspective, there's only two or three places in the entire state of Kansas that are currently offering this, and Manhattan, Kansas is one of them. Um, then I think the next closest place might be KU. So that's that's why this is, I think it's, it's so helpful for patients in our community. It's an opportunity for us, again, to help people and and, and help them ahead of perhaps uh, many other communities in in our state. And, and to kind of take a bigger view of all of this, you know, I've, I've been on came in, I don't know how many times now, <laughs> specifically over the last couple of years, but, you know, different times we've talked about the importance of screenings. And I would just want to reinforce that today. It is so important that people are getting their mammographies on the schedule that they need to. And that's why we've invested all this money in 3D mammography, because it's all about early detection. It's so important that people get their colonoscopies and your family history really matters. So I have a family member who's had cancer twice. So Bob's on the more frequent schedule for colonoscopies because of that. You know what? We need to be doing those things because we've got to do the screenings um, to help us get that early detection so we have better success rates. Because that's true with mammography. It's true with uh, colonoscopies. It's true with the lung screening scans that we do for folks with a history of smoking. Um, you know, this, this new PSMA that just adds now prostate into that list of now we got another tool uh, in our in our toolkit to really get out there and help people. And I think, you know, so it's one thing for us, uh, it's the technology piece and we invest a lot of that, of course. Um, we actually put in a brand new PET scanner just last summer. And it's important that we're doing that because that's, I mean, I think that's kind of, that's kind of our role. Um, I think on the, on the public's side, it really is important that you're talking to your primary care provider um, be it physician or nurse practitioner or PA, whoever it is that you're seeing, and be talking with them about what screenings you should be doing. And we would certainly encourage you to do that. Everything costs money in healthcare. And recognizing that, we've also taken uh, the approach here with essentially decreasing Manhattan to try to make that more affordable. So we've reduced the cost of colonoscopies. We've reduced the costs actually just in April. If you get a CT or an MRI at our imaging center uh, down in the Medical Arts Center off Claflin, uh, I mean, we're talking like 60 or 70% reductions. It is so important that we get people in and make sure that they're getting taken care of. Because believe me, we see the other side of that when people don't. And, you know, I think it's, it's a great time to be talking about this during healthcare week. Um, we want people to be taken care of. And a big part of that is that upfront detection and getting your diagnostics done. So again, encourage people, talk to your provider. Um, it's just real important that we're doing this as individuals. And we, as your local health system, you know, we're going to be there. We're, our goal is to be there to help get you through that process. And, you know, when, when necessary to handhold you and help you get through that process. 
Absolutely. Well, that's great that uh, this is uh, available here in uh, our community. When would you say is a good time for, for men specifically to start screening for prostate cancer? Oh, boy, Brandon, you just went out of Bob's realm of knowledge. Um, I always, so me personally, so I'm in my mid fifties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I really rely on talking to my primary care physician. He's the one who made sure I was getting my colonoscopies. He's the one who now um, kind of is laying out for me what I need to be doing each year. And so I would always start there. Um, with the new PSMM, PSMA, uh, this is a this is really a conversation you need to have with your primary care provider. And also, if you're senior urologist, this is the perfect time. You know, it's not not everybody needs to do this, um, but they will know. Yes, no, maybe. Um, and and a trigger for the PSMA is if people have elevated PSA. Uh, that's a lab test that we do for uh, prostate cancer screening. So they'll know they'll kind of lead you down that path, but you just got to engage with them um, and give them an opportunity to kind of, you know, be, be helping, helping you guide your care. Okay. Very good. Well, we've seen a little bit of heat this week too, and we'll just be our last topic here before we uh, end things, but uh, good reminder for folks again, just to take it easy here when it gets really hot outside. Yeah. Yeah. I was coming to a friend. I hope you enjoyed spring. Um, so yeah, we, we get into these upper nineties, humidity has been high. You know, there's, there's some very simple things we can all do. Uh, and so I actually talked to some of our patient care staff about this to make sure that Bob had the right messaging, but a number one thing is to stay hydrated. And I'm specifically talking about water. Um, it's, you know, make sure that we're drinking lots of water because we're actually uh, losing lots of water when it's so hot and humid as we're sweating, you know, it's, it's better if you're going to be outside, if you're eating um, smaller or lighter meals, you know, from a clothing standpoint, it's again, if you're wearing lighter um, stuff, that's maybe a little loose as well, because that allows for more uh, air movement. And then if you are going to be doing some sort of activity, be that working in the yard or going to a game or playing in the game or what, what have you going to the lake, just kind of be thinking about, so what should I be taking with me or doing to help protect me? So, you know, uh, wear a hat. Uh, my eye doctor has gotten on me for not wearing sunglasses, even when I'm mowing. So be thinking about eye protection, uh, certainly wear sunscreen. That's, that's the easiest way. The simplest thing we can all do to avoid skin cancer. Uh, you know, when you can get in the shade, and that might be if you're at a game uh, watching your kids, that might be a little tense or an umbrella. Um, you know, if we can, don't work outside when it's the hottest. If you can avoid uh, those time periods, that certainly have, was helpful. You know, think about having a, you know, uh, something to wipe, wipe the sweat off your face that's cool, that's kind of refreshing to you. Uh, make sure, you know, we hear, we see and hear about tragedies every year around our country about children or older people who've been left in cars while I'm just going to run into the store. Don't do that. Uh, make sure that we're taking uh, precautions that windows are down or people are, have access or that they're going in and with you, those sorts of things really got to make sure that we don't do that. Uh, it's important to check in on people who are high risk. So if you have elderly neighbors or family members, if you've got folks who maybe have a significant medical or health issue, it's important to check in with them when, um, Things are so kind of just hot and miserable outside. Remember our pets. Um, a lot of folks have a lot of different kinds of pets, but uh, be thinking about them and what you can uh, 
what you can do for them. And if you do start feeling dizzy or you're like excessive sweating or clammy, cool. Okay. That is a time when you need to have, um, that antennas are up. You that's starting, you're starting to show the signs of a heat illness. And so you may even need to seek care, but just, just be cognizant of that and kind of be thinking about how you're feeling and what you're experiencing. All right. Very good. Well, lots of good information here this morning, Bob. Well, uh, let you go and have a great weekend and we'll talk to you again real soon. Okay. Thank you, Brandon. Have a good weekend. All right. Appreciate it. Bob Cobble again from Ascension Via Christie joining us on In Focus. Stay tuned. We'll hear from Kathy Scroggs up next from Hope Ranch on News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN. And our next segment, we're going to be talking about uh, Mission Creek Camp here in the area. And a familiar face back in here, Director of Operations for that is Kathy Scroggs. Good morning. Good morning to you, Brandon. Pleasure to be here today. Yeah. When was the last time you were here at the studio? I'm trying to think. Probably talking about the camp and Hope Ranch would be my best guess. But uh, I tell you, it's quite a quite a project. And this is a time of year we get extremely busy. Uh, we're hiring counselors. We're hiring weekend counselors because we have people coming in from out of state that stay over. Uh, you know, trying to get our summer team in place, the lawn crew. We really need someone that way. If anybody likes to mow, we've got uh, 187 acres that need mowing right now. So a lot of different things going on, moving pieces. We have campers continuing to sign up, but very busy time. And, and for those that are not familiar, Mission Creek Camp located just uh, south of Topeka, right? That's correct. It's close to Dover, southwest of Topeka. And, um, it, you know, we have a lot of people from the Manhattan area that go to the camp and Junction City area. We already have several campers signed up from this area. Big Lakes usually sends a group. The last two weeks of summer is adult camp. And so they really enjoy it. We usually have a dance for them and just have a good time, always have a talent night and all kinds of fun activities. So at the moment, here's a gear up for summer. Uh, the big things that you're looking for right now. The big things we're looking for right now, I mentioned the lawn care, and I I know I keep saying that. We lost an employee of six years. He left us to work with his father in Florida, and he had been with us at Hope Ranch originally. We've only had the camp three years. And maybe I should explain, too, a lot of times people get confused the difference Hope Ranch Therapeutic Riding. We do. We got our founding there in, in Manhattan. We actually, 16 years ago, my husband and his daughter Cassidy founded Hope Ranch Therapeutic Riding Center Manhattan. And of course, it's very sustainable, going great. We, I believe, have close to 70 riders now. And um, they have birthday parties and do all kinds of fun things. We have a horse camp coming up this summer and even a horse show, too, on May 28th. So a lot of fun things going on there. And then when we had the opportunity in Topeka, it was the old Camp Daisy Hindman there near Topeka, 187 acres, as I mentioned. And it comes, of course, with a lake, horseback riding facilities. It has a splash park, five different campsites. It's just phenomenal. We thought, well, we can open up our outreach that way. And so then we took over that camp. We also have Hope Ranch Therapeutic Riding Center Topeka that runs year-round. And we have wonderful trail rides that also go weather permitting, of course, Mm -hmm. that pretty much go year-round, too, because there's a lot of good possibilities that way. And then we have the camp. And as I said, this is our busy time. I believe Pawnee Mental Health will be the first group we'll be using it uh, that Memorial Day week, June 1st through 3rd. And then we will have our regular campers starting then on that Sunday on June 5th. Wonderful. And it's such a great opportunity. You guys are passionate about this. Uh, and you've done this for a number of years now. Uh, what What is, uh, I guess, what puts a smile on your face here when, when you see these campers come out? Well, I have to tell you, probably our favorite thing is our talent nights. 
you know, you, you the campers come in on a Sunday about 3 o'clock, and it takes a while to all get acquainted, and they're a mixture. I mean, we, we work with people with special needs. I probably should emphasize that. We're all ages, all abilities. We take everyone. But we do gear ourselves more towards special needs. So we have people with Down syndrome, autism, Asperger's, um, different types of disabilities that way, intellectual disabilities. Uh, but, but what we actually do then is as we work with some of these people, they get closer as the week goes on. We usually start off with marshmallows the first night. We have a scavenger hunt. We have a s'mores night. And then by Thursday, they all know each other pretty well, and they prepare a little talent. Some sing, some dance. We had one young lady burp. She did a belching. Uh, that was her talent. We have people with card tricks and artistic things that they'll show. And I have to tell you, it'll bring a tear to your eye almost every time. We had one nonverbal young man that uh, really did not talk. I mean, he walked around kind of, you know, shaking his hands like many of your folks do that, that have that type of disability. But he actually got up and sang... Uh, twinkle, twinkle, little star. And I mean, it, it brought a tear to your eye. His father couldn't believe it. But that kind of thing is what it's all about. And you see, and they cheer each other on during talent night. You know, if someone's a little nervous, they'll say, hey, you got this, and they'll cheer each other on. And it's just so rewarding. I, I can't tell you the feeling it gives you. Or when they're on the back of a horse, you know, mm -hmm. and of course, we have horses also associated with the camp. And that's also very rewarding. Well, that's wonderful. And, and, you know, for them, if this is probably, you know, the, one of the neatest trips they're going to take all year, going to the camp and, and getting to participate with folks kind of like right. them. Right. Well, in fact, we have several returning campers, and we do have campers signed up all the way from California, believe it or not. Had a gentleman just sign up a couple of his his children. And we have people from Arizona, Colorado, Minnesota, Maine, and of course from this area, Manhattan Junction City, Topeka, Wamego. So it's just so exciting. We do still have some openings and would love to have people sign up. We have a sliding financial scale. I do want to emphasize that. We do try to make it reasonable. A lot of these families have enough on their plate that they don't need one more thing. And we try to help them as much as we can with a sliding scale. And that's very helpful to many of them. And, and that way it gives them a chance to um, be able to enjoy that camp experience. But we're always looking, of course, for donations to kind of go towards those scholarships. And there's always the regular things. We had to upgrade our medical clinic this year because we had been working out of the basement of our lodge. And we found out during adult week it just wasn't big enough with 25 adults there. So we are revamping our medical clinic. We're making some changes to some of the cabins so that we can increase our occupancy because that is one thing right now. We've had a lot of large groups want to come out and bring a retreat group, but we don't have enough of the campsites really ready for people to, to come. So a lot of things going on. <laughs> In fact, a Boy Scout troop is coming today from Manhattan and also some Girl Scouts. The Boy Scouts came last year and helped us clear trails and do that kind of thing. So we're really looking forward to having them. Perfect. Well, as far as um, volunteer opportunities, this is such a rewarding opportunity, and I'm sure there's a lot of things you need help with. Oh, you bet we do. I mean, of course, Hope Ranch always looks for volunteers. You can help right here in Manhattan. I know they're constantly looking for volunteers. Topeka is, is also. And there's di several different uh, phone numbers I can give, you know, if you're interested in doing that kind of thing or interested even in the day camp for Hope Ranch. And the, the Hope Ranch... Manhattan number is 587-8180, 
and the Hope Ranch Topeka number is 256-6380. But I know they're always looking for help. We actually are looking for trainers, especially in Topeka, people that can kind of work with horses that have some knowledge. And uh, th we're always searching for people that can really have a passion for the program. That's the number one thing. Knowledge of horses is good. But we always, when we hire, we want to be sure that person has a passion for what we do. All right. And what about, uh, so I, have, I have a daughter who's like 11. She likes horses. Is she too young or? Oh, no. We no? take them. We take them as young. I think we've had some three-year-olds out there before. We okay. actually have a couple little mini ponies, but 11 is definitely not too young. And that's, a lot of them get started. We have people who are jumping and doing a few things, too. Uh, we have one one individual with disabilities that's actually learning to do a little hunter jumping and enjoying that. We, we've had a para-reining team in the past, too, where they were able to do some of those things. But the whole point of it is we want them to be able to do as much as they can possibly do. We don't want to set limits. Sometimes I think in our society we tend to set limits on people with disabilities when they can do so much more than we even expect. Yeah. Well, it's a wonderful opportunity here, and uh, glad that uh, you guys offer this. And so the camp starts here in just a couple of weeks. That's not that long uh, away. Can you believe it? We're already here. I know. It's starting <laughs> to hit us, and with the really hot week we had, we thought, oh, brother, here we go. But May 23rd is our week of training for our counselors. And then, as I said, the next week, I believe Pawnee is sending their folks in for three days. Then we will start our regular camps, which start on a Sunday and end on a Friday. Uh, one thing I did neglect to mention uh, that – of course, with wheelchair-bound, Manhattan facility is totally capable of handling any of that. We have what is called a Sure Hands Lift. The Dana and Christopher Reeve Foundation donated money for us to install that here in Manhattan. And just this last uh, fall, we received another grant from the Dana and Christopher Reeve Foundation to install a similar lift at our Topeka facility. So that will also be, we will be able to service those who are wheelchair-bound. Wonderful. All right. Uh, we need to take a break here, but we'll come back and we can talk a little bit more with Kathy here uh, about some other things that she's involved with as well. We'll do that in the next segment here on News Radio. Welcome back into In Focus News Radio KMAN on this Friday the 13th. Here's we talk with Kathy Scroggs from uh, Mission Creek Camp, Hope Ranch, and involved in so many uh, activities here. Even though you're retired, you keep yourself busy. I definitely. I sometimes say I'm busier than I ever was in radio. The only difference is I don't have to get up at 4, 4.30 in the morning like I used to. <laughs> so that part I do like. But the days are pretty packed. I'm learning that I need to say no to some things. <laughs> I, I'm involved in several different things. And I think I heard you mention earlier today singing. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm with Heartland Harmony, and we're members of the Barbershop Harmony Society. We recently joined the group with the men, the Little Apple Barbershop Chorus. We're with their chapter now. And it is just so much fun. Um, of course, COVID put a halt to a lot of singing. And it's wonderful to be able to sing with people again. I know I also sing in a quartet, and we've been busy and done the anthem at some of the K-State games and are singing for the Royals in July. But um, the chorus is just such an experience, and a lot of the people there are former Sweet Adelines, uh, people that I sang with years ago in Wamigo, and some are part of the ones that I sang with at Timeless Acapella a few years back. But we have a lot of fun, and... As you probably know, we have the show coming up May 21st and a guest night on June 2nd. I want to plug that a little bit, too, at 630 at the Harris Activity Center. And we'd love anybody that loves to sing, that has a little bit of singing experience, we would just love to have them join us. 
Very cool. Uh, you know, my uh, mother-in-law is involved in Sweet Adelines. We're actually, uh, she's my. I'm not. I don't think I'm going tomorrow here, but my wife is going to be going to one of her shows in Topeka tomorrow. So uh, she, they're from Belton, Missouri, which I know you're familiar. Oh yes, with yes, most definitely. So. Uh huh. Some good choruses up that way. Yes, indeed. Uh, and she's been doing that for a number of years. But it's such a neat opportunity here. We were talking to uh, Mike and, and Tom here this morning. Uh, really good to see that these kind of activities are happening again. Of course, a lot of this stuff was on hold for so long. That's true. And I have to admit, I got I went through a little bit of a depression when I couldn't sing. I didn't realize how important it was to me. Now, my horses helped me out. You know, I mentioned the horses <laughs> earlier. I'd go out and take a walk and pet my horses. I'm known as the treat lady around both, both facilities, by the way. But that kind of helped. But not being able to sing, you just don't realize what, what a difference that makes in your life. And, and it, it's always been my passion, my other passion. And uh, even when I was in, you know, radio, I would managed to go to rehearsals until 10.30 at night and then get up at 4, 4.30 the next day. But it's just something that, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed. Very cool. Well, and of course, Fairy Godmothers is another yes, organization I'm, you're I'm involved, involved with. that also. I'm on the HUG committee, Hand Up Grant, and that's very rewarding. In fact, I plan to go by and pick up some flyers today. We're working with several different groups, Bellis Academy, Manhattan Area Technical College, Manhattan Christian College, Global Campus, we actually allow women who want to go ahead and pursue their education a chance to do that with scholarships. And so it's very rewarding to be able to do that kind of work. And uh, I wish I had the numbers in front of me. I didn't know we'd be talking about this. <laughs> but we've helped several young ladies, some, and actually some that aren't so young. I mean, we help people of all ages, obviously, that decide they want to better themselves and go on and get that nursing certification or accounting degree or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I I just yeah, I th- thought about it here because I, when I went out to the uh, art center here last mm-hmm. fall and, and covered that uh, the, one of the events they had there, it was such a rewarding event here to be able to to learn more about the people who are behind that organization. And I just want to bring up you know, Gregory and Match Day. We had it here about a month ago. Uh, $38,000 in gifts received. That's just wonderful. Right, right. And we did have a special scholarship of donation made just especially for the HUG grant. And uh, I don't think she'd mind me saying Sue Mays was behind a lot of that. And it was matched and went through and allows us to serve even more people. So it's it's just fantastic. And we, we interview them, of course. They go through Shepherd's Crossing. They first go in there and fill out an application, be sure they're eligible. And then we actually talk with them and decide whether or not to approve the grant. But it's been very rewarding to, to see some of the differences it makes in their lives. Yeah. Well, good to know. Because you're involved in so many things, <laughs> it's just good to highlight those just real quickly here. But uh, again, for the, the, the main point here, we were talking today, Mission Creek Camp. Uh, let's just give folks a reminder here of uh, some of the time, t- uh, deadlines, timelines here for signing up. Well, go ahead and sign up. And I should—I neglected to mention missioncreekcamp.org. If you want to go there to sign up a camper or if you maybe want to volunteer or even apply, we are still taking applications for counselors and weekend counselors, although I've hired five full-time, three part-time, and three counselors in training. But we're still looking you know, for backup and that kind of thing. We definitely need a grounds, uh, lawn care, maintenance person, full-time, if anybody's interested in that, please give us a call. We definitely need that. But we're busy with that, but we just want to be able to encourage anyone that has all ages, all abilities. They don't have to have special needs. Anybody can come. And if you're close enough to the Topeka area, we do also offer day camp for those that would rather not have them spend the night. That's another option, too. 
All right. Any questions? Uh, it's a good phone number to reach you at or just prefer well, the website? Well, 785-556-0691 is fine. Um, our camp number is 785-256-6357. So either number will get you information that you might need. All right. Anything else? Uh, not not that I can. Th- it's been a pleasure to be here. It's like old times. I yeah. mean, I feel like I just, <laughs> could just walk right in. I'm sure there's been some changes around here that I would have to learn, but... Uh, it's been a lot of fun to be back here, Brandon. Got, got a lot more space here, it feels like, these days. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're spread out a little bit better, maybe, mm-hmm. than Stephen's occupying Dave's old office right now. So, Hello, uh, Stephen. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you haven't, I don't think you've met some of the, the newer people. No, I, I saw a few on the way in that I knew, and it was a lot of fun to catch up with them. But it's it's been four years. Yeah. It's hard to believe. And oddly enough, I'll still run into people that remember me from the old days, and I go, it's been four years, but... Yeah. 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 It's been a lot of time here. You you develop a a (laughs) following here at K-Man. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right. Well, Kathy, it's good to talk to you again. And uh, we'll we'll certainly have you back here sometime down the road, I'm sure. Thank you so much, Brandon. You bet. Uh, That's going to wrap up our show here for this morning. Uh, Thanks again to everybody who stopped by. Kathy, of course, uh, Bob Koppel, uh, to Tom Neal and Mike Shepard here this morning. If you missed that interview, uh, we'll have it up on our website a little bit later on here at newsradiokman.com. Our website is working, by the way. Uh, It's been down a little bit here the last few weeks. Coming up Monday on the program, we're going to hear from Alana Parker, Riley County Historical Museum. We're going to be talking about the early days of hotels and lodging here in Riley County. That's the topic for Monday. Radio KMAN.